There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from Talk Sport at Edgbaston, where England have just annihilated Australia and will head to their first World Cup final in 27 years. Plenty of reaction to come following England's pounding of the old rival. Owen Morgan, the captain, a delighted man following the match. You know, improvement in the style that we play and the level of expectation that we've created. Everybody in that changing room should take a huge amount of credit for that. I think making the most of the opportunity would be fantastic on Sunday, but getting there alone is awesome. You'll also hear from beaten Aussie skipper Aaron Finch as myself and Steve Harmison look ahead to a final on Sunday at Lords between New Zealand and England. You're listening to Following On. Well, what a win it turned out to be. Plenty of nerves in and around Edgbaston at the start, especially when Australia won the toss and decided to bat first uh, with blue skies and white fluffy cloud on a pitch expected to yield runs. The spectre of rain never too far away. Would it come back to be the scourge of England's chances? Uh, Well, we never found out because when the rain did come, it came as uh, Owen Morgan blasted another four to move England into position. An eight-wicket win over Australia. Uh, What a complete performance from England, uh, which started out uh, with the new ball. Australia 1.14 for three before a 103-run partnership between Carey and Smith. Uh, Carey and Stoinis then went in the same over. Uh, Adil Rashid spinning both of those two out. Maxwell and Cummins uh, didn't really uh, threaten too much before Smith, seventh man out with the 85 next to his name, signalled the end of Australia's innings in all um, in 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 all likelihood. 223, they didn't even bat out their overs. And whilst there were nerves at the mid-innings break, uh, England just said about that target with disdain. Chasing it down, 
inside 33 overs. Jason Roy top scoring with 85. Chris Wokes, a man of the match with his three wickets, two inside the first four overs of uh, his uh, devastating new ball uh, spell. Uh, Warner, the one celebrated with the most gusto here at Edgbaston. Uh, let's hear from the captains, though, starting with the victorious England captain, Owen Morgan. Yeah, absolutely delighted. Um, just a quick one, I'd like to thank the fans who came out today. We've had unbelievable support. Edgebaston has always been very kind to us, but our support today and no doubt, no doubt at home has been exemplary. Um, yes, it, it would have had a very different feel had you been playing India here, when no doubt the ground would have turned blue. How much of an effect did that have on your performance? Um, to be honest, having been in India in the group stages, we would have came and on this ground, we would have come here with similar confidence. I think taking a lot of, from the last two group stages of so games in the group stages into the semi-final was very important. We've talked about we need to continue to get better at game on game. Today's a good example of us going out there, setting the tone from ball one and really when we get on top, we, we've made Australia pay a little bit. And you said ball one, that ball one went for four actually, but uh, Chris Wokes, who did bowl that first over and became man of the match, he's been a rather unheralded member of your side. How happy are you for him to take the glory today in the man of the match award? Extremely happy. He's a cool customer. He goes about his business day in, day out, exceptionally. He, over the last couple of years, has been one of the best bowlers in the first 10 overs. Today was his day. Him and Joffre up front were absolutely outstanding. It was probably one of the uh, probably standout performances probably of the last four years in the first 10 overs for us. And then the guys coming in behind really did back that up, which allowed us to stay on top. Uh, and Jason, Royce, Jason Roy has had an incredible effect on your team since he's come back into it. Yeah, I think himself and Johnny at the top of the order are quite imposing when they can get themselves in. Personally, I think they're in the form of their life, which is great. If they can manage to get themselves in, they do take advantage of it more often than not. So it's a huge advantage for us. They set the tone in the way that the whole group wants to play. So that's important. You're a bit older than Chris Wokes, I think. I asked him how old he was when England last played in a World Cup final, 1992. How old were you? Do you remember anything of it? Uh, I was six, um, and no, I don't. I've seen plenty of highlights in the, in the past. It, it's always in the highlights reel on Sky, so we do watch it a lot. And there's been a lot of hurt in those 27 years since. Um, how much are you looking forward to ending that uh, with a chance of winning the trophy? I hear it's an opportunity for us on Sunday, a huge one at that. I think looking back at where we were in 2015 and looking ahead to where we'll be on Sunday is a dramatic you know, improvement to the style that we play and the level of expectation that we've created. Everybody in that changing room should take a huge amount of credit for that. I think making the most of the opportunity will be fantastic on Sunday, but getting there alone is awesome. Big thanks to Sky Sports there. Yeah, what an all-round effort it was. At Wokes, Archer with the new ball, backed up by Rashid, and then the batting. Bairstow and Roy putting on another century partnership for the first wicket. That's the third game in succession. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, let's hear, though, from the defeated captain, Aussie skipper Aaron Finch. Aaron, I guess it had to happen eventually, Australia losing a World Cup semi-final. You'd rather it didn't happen under your watch. Yeah, absolutely. We're just totally outplayed today. I think the way that they set the tone with the ball and then first turnovers having us three for 27 I think after 10 is a uh, huge huge uh, part in the game it's hard to come back from that start 27 for three after 10 as you mentioned were you surprised how much the ball did at the start or was it just that England's bowlers performed well a little bit of both uh, you expect the new ball on, on any surface to seem a little bit first up uh, they, they bowled a great length uh, hitting the stumps a lot which is probably what we we aim to do as a, as a group as well so um, 
still a lot of positives to take out of the whole World Cup campaign and the last few months from our point of view. We've, we've come a long way uh, from where we were this time last year when we were in England. Yeah, I was going to ask that. When you look at it as a whole, you're obviously not going away with the trophy, but do you look upon this campaign as a success? You always want to win. You come here thinking that you can win the tournament. Um, but there's definitely been some positives out of this, this whole campaign. And, and even the last six months or so, where there's, there's been a lot of backs to the wall. There's a lot of, been, a lot of character shown. Um, a lot of hard work's gone in from, from a lot of people. So really proud of how the, the group's progressed over the last few months. But, yeah, it still hurts. Um, Bearstow and Roy put you under significant pressure at 50 for nine after 10 compared to your start. Was there anything you could have done differently after that? Oh, we tried to change it up as much as we could. We kept looking for wicket-taking options, uh, just couldn't find them. They played exceptionally well. We know how dynamic they are and how dominating they are of attacks when they get on top. So uh, it's just one of those days that things didn't quite go our way. We didn't quite execute as well as we could have, and uh, you get hurt by a very, very good cricket team in England. Um, this has not been a lucky ground for Australia, bizarrely, Edgebaston. Do you look back with regret now at that game against South Africa that meant you didn't go to Old Trafford and you ended up playing England here? You've got to beat everyone on, on in, in any condition, so I don't think you can read too much into that. Um, but we, we didn't have a lot of things go away at the pointy end with a couple of injuries. Um, but that's a part of the game that happens. That's definitely not an excuse. I think that uh, we came here expecting to win and, and um, yeah, it wasn't to be. Aaron Finch speaking there and thanks to Sky Sports for that audio. Always very, very honest, uh, absolutely bang on as per usual and uh, a shame for him, I suppose, because he'd had a wonderful series, but I suppose his uh, fine run against England, I think it's something like five or six centuries, maybe seven, in ODI cricket coming to an end. First baller for him and uh, really, that was as easy as I've ever seen England beat Australia in a one-day international of uh, not even such magnitude. I've never seen them beat Australia in a game like uh, the one I've just uh, witnessed here at Edgbaston, Steve. But uh, wow. I mean, where do you start with the most complete England performance? When you look at the bowlers, they all did a job. When you look at the batsmen, they all did a job. When you look at this match, as this one side as I can remember. But let's start at the top with that opening spell for Wokes and Archer, which will live long in the memory. Yeah. You mentioned where do you start, John? Well, you actually start the very, very first ball. The very, very first ball, Archer runs up. Yeah, the, sorry, the first ball, Archer bowls, runs up, and he gets Aaron Finch, LBW. Talk about setting the tone against somebody you mentioned before who has got a fantastic record against England. Arch, uh, Aaron Finch, fantastic against England. Five, I think four or five hundreds he's got. And the way Finch and Warner have played in this tournament, we talked about it on breakfast this morning. Mm, we did, didn't what we? Is, what is it going to be that's going to change this game? Well, both teams have got one, two, three. Powerful, they've got hit the ball through the field, hit the ball over the field. And the, the thing that's going to stop them is the firepower in the bowling unit. And Berendorf, Stark and Cummins against Wokes, Archer and Wood. Well, I think England won that battle straight up. Archer getting Finch, Wokes getting Warner, uh, Hanscom can't fault him, very, very rusty coming in, and all of a sudden, 14 for three in Australia. We're always behind the eight ball from there, and I thought England's fielding display was outstanding. The bowling was first class, they picked the right. You know, you, John, when, when you, you talk about sort of look into what the coaches will say before the game and talk about it and they'll say the same old cliches. You know, 
England players are going to be nervous. I'd be saying to the England players, enjoy being nervous. This is a World Cup final. We are the favourites, but don't miss your moment. And that's what I would have been saying to them players today. Don't miss your moment because you'll get a, you'll get a moment in the game when it's your turn to stand up. And I don't think any one of them players missed their moment, whether it was taking a catch bowling the ball or getting the runs and I think that was a complete performance and I just hope really hope and pray that England haven't just peaked and put the whole perfect performance in the semi-final um, and then miss out in the final uh, let's have a word for Rashid as well, because there was some question marks about his inclusion at times throughout this tournament. I don't think he's had a, a standout uh, series. There's Derek Pringle, who was uh, in and around uh, commentary on SEN. Our friends in Australia said to me off mic, he said, uh, you know, at a time when most uh, teams are getting their leg spinners out of their sides, England have stuck with theirs, paid off today. Yeah, I think I think there's a few. I've been looking at with the way Rashid's bowled in this uh, tournament and I think Rashid is and I know Adil Rashid I've played with Adil Rashid he's a very confident lad when things are going well and when things aren't going so well especially in a one day game he returns he, he reverts the type where which is the fizzer that go the, the one that goes straight on of a googly that he can control well the one thing in John in this tournament he struggled with his shoulder so the googly hasn't been as as easy to bowl and he hasn't bowled as frequently as he wanted to and I also think he's got a little bit of a confidence dent against the Asian block and I've said this a couple of times and I've done some sums on it and I might I might get it a little bit wrong but against the Asian block he's got I think six for 260 of 39 overs and against the other sides in in this semi-final he's bowled 43 overs and he's got six for six for 220 now yeah there's there's a, a little bit of difference in run scoring there not in the wickets but in the run score and I think when teams get on top of Adil I think that's when he struggles and he stops bowling the wicket-taking balls. And I think that's not when he's not at, his, not at his best. And I think he struggled against the Asian block. But now you've seen he bowled you know, reasonably well against New Zealand. He got three for, three for 50 today. And I think going back against New Zealand, I think the confidence that he's been given by being in the side, but also being able to take wickets and you know, control the game a bit for Owen Morgan in that middle period in the semi-final. Fingers crossed it gives him a massive amount of confidence going to Lords. Absolutely. And let's have a quick word about the batting as well, because I tell you what, I mean, all of the chat at the mid-innings break was about England being watchful and seeing off Stark and yada, yada. England plays straight. I mean, they played straight. They negated the, uh, the swing, which actually wasn't there. No. It wasn't really evident, was it, when Australia bowled? Mm. But they they still raced away. I mean, after 10 overs, they were 50 without loss. You know, I mean, usually you can add 20, 25 to that. But they were still picking off the bad ball or manufacturing um, uh, runs. They weren't going into their shell. And then they just increased the run scoring. But they were, it was con controlled. They weren't chancing their arm. It was... It was absolutely spellbinding to watch a team so confident in itself on pretty much the highest stage you could possibly do with so much pressure. And yet they were just clicking through the gears. They were just seemingly um, taking it all in their stride. And uh, to be fair, John, there's two things in, in that. There's the batting side, which is, you know, I you know, don't think we're watchful. They're playing straight. Ball didn't swing as much. 
You've got Stark and Berendorf, who are predominantly swing bowlers who will pitch it up, where Wokes and Archer hit the pitch a little bit more, so they bowl a little bit back of a length and let the seam do the work rather than try and get the, like the swing, anything like that. And when, you, when you're playing against a swing bowler, if you do play straight and it doesn't quite swing as much as what the bowler wants it to and the ball's full, then you're, it is easy to hit through the line of the ball. Um, and you're going to get your pads out of the way and, you know, Fingers crossed, you're not going to fall over, and you're going to you're going to get the middle of the bat or something on it. So they were they weren't watchful at, at first, but they were hitting the ball straight back down the ground, which was perfect. And then when you have a, a a small total to chase, you just need that three or four over period where you go at nine and over or ten and over. That Bester and Roy did, and I think they did that when Lyon came on. So Stark. Got a little bit of tap up front. And then when Lyon came on, I think that was the time to hit the th- hit the throttle. They went at Stark. They went at Lyon. Lyon bowled four overs for 36. Then all of a sudden, that little gamble they had in the middle just takes the game away. All of a sudden, the 80-odd for none in Australia are thinking, where do I get the next wicket from? But from a bowling point of view, and I've been here many, many times before, when you are bowling at a low total, as a as a strike bowler, which Stark Cummins are, you have actually got to try and get a wicket. So when you've got to try and get a wicket, you can't afford a slip because you need to protect the runs. But you bowl wicket-taking, try and bowl wicket-taking areas, which are also scoring areas for a batsman. And I think what they did was the bowl them wicket-taking areas didn't have enough cover and actually there were there were good scoring options for Jason Roy. So it was hard for a bowler to really go hard and get a wicket because you couldn't have a slip or maybe two slips and think, right, I'm going to have a really good go at this because obviously it's a World Cup final, you've got to try and protect the runs. But I don't think I don't think they bowled well enough to really put pressure on the England batsmen. And I think England batsmen could go through the gears quite comfortably because that three or four over period where Besto and Roy went bang, then it made it easier for, for, for Root and Morgan coming in after that. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. 
To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Right, let's look to the final then. On Sunday, England against New Zealand. You know, it was every every chance it could have been England against Australia if Australia had beaten South Africa mm. in the final group game. Uh, we all thought it was going to be England against India before India slipped up against New Zealand. England have already beaten New Zealand. Uh, I mean, this is as good an opportunity as England could have ever hoped for on home soil against uh, a Kiwi side that some would say are slightly fortunate to even be in the knockout stages. It's it's all England, surely. <sighs> on paper, it's England, but we all know John has not played on paper. And I'm intrigued to see how the game and the pressure gets at England because we have just seen the most complete performance England will ever have had. In any one-day international, never mind a World Cup or a World Cup semi-final. Um, you look at the opposition, you'd look at there's massive pressure on Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor. Because when I look at the rest of the side, the likes of Guptill, Nichols or Monroe who go in at the top, Leitham or de Grandholm in the middle, they've not performed in this World Cup, really. Um, they've, they've really, before the semi-final, they, are, they, were, they were mid-20s, 30s, averaging weren't performing at all with a bat, highly dependent on Kieran Williamson. But on the other hand, the pressure of England being in a World Cup final, going out at Lords where they don't play this well of cricket. A lot of teams get up for Lords more than, you know, this is the home of cricket. Teams tend to lift the game at Lords. The pressure that will be on England. But I think the way England are playing at this moment in time, I think they might just go in. They'll, they'll go in there and steamroll the West. They uh, steamroll New Zealand. I can only see one winner. I don't see any real upset because of how poorly that a lot of the New Zealand players have been playing, and the way they played against in the way India played. I, 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 I thought India India should have beat in uh, New Zealand comfortably, and I, I just can't see. I can't see where New Zealand can trouble England apart from if Trent Bolt, Matt Henry and Lockie Ferguson get a good overhead condition first morning at Lords win the toss and it's cloud cover and the knock over Root and Besto early and do what they did against India. That's the only way I see it because I think even if they do that and England can somehow manage to scramble to 250, 240, 250 like what teams have done I can see England's bowlers knocking knocking the New Zealand batsmen over. So that is the ideal plan. That's what everybody wants to see. But like I say, when uh, when you've got the human element of pressure coming into it, it's uh, there's a lot riding on England's shoulders. New Zealand played in the 2015 World Cup. Uh, so they have experience. England obviously stunk the place out in mm-hmm. 2015. Do we put anything on the fact that when these two teams line up on Sunday at Lords, the captain Kane Williamson 
uh, one of the star batsmen, Ross Taylor, and opener, Martin Guptill, uh, Trent Bolt and Matt Henry. Five players in their 11 played four years ago. They've got experience of it. Does that help or hinder when you consider they, of course, lost that match? I don't, I don't think it really matters, to be honest. I think it probably helps from a, a pressure situation, but there's a lot of cricket gone under the bridge since since the uh, the 2015 World Cup final. I think the cricket that's been played by both sides getting into this into this stage have been different, very, very different. I think New Zealand have been they've been heavily reliant on one or two men, where um, Bolton Ferguson. Well, the bowling attack and Williamson, Taylor's chipped in a, a little bit. You know, Liam's been poor. I, I, I don't, I don't see that coming into it. The only, th- for me, the only thing that'll be England is the pressure of being in a World Cup final on home soil. But the way they've just performed in a semi-final on home soil at favourites against probably one of the best teams in the tournament, because I think Australia have had a fantastic tournament and blown them away. I can only see one winner here and I'm not being you know, England, England, England. I just think going off the history of the, the, the tournament, the 10 games that's played previously, I think the only thing that's going to beat England is England. What a position to find ourselves in. Uh, England, I mean, you imagine would be unchanged on Sunday. You can't see them tinkering no, anything now. No, I can't now. see. I can't see. Well, two, two players haven't played in the tournament so far. Moen looks as though He's all at sea when he's head and England need to get him in a position for the Ashes. And James Vince, other than Bairstow waking up and he's with a bad groin after he slipped, but he didn't really look any ill effect. I can't see I can't see any of the other four featuring. Uh, if I was to say to you, what was your one moment of today? The winning run. The winning runs. Because he's took a little bit of stick. Kevin Peterson's had a dig at him. A couple of people have had a dig at him. But the winning run was hit by the England captain. And for me... I've always said it. Whenever, whenever Owen Morgan has a good day, England are, are are fantastic. And he had a good day with a field. He had a good day bowling change. He got what did he get? He got 45 runs, and that sets him up for the final. If he has a good day in the final, I hope and pray for for Owen Morgan and for the lads that he's standing there lifting the trophy at the end of it because that guy more than anybody else in that team deserves to lift that trophy. For the minute he walked off that pitch in 2015 in Australia to now he has transformed with other people but he's at lead it he deserves to he's transformed English one day cricket and he deserves to lift the trophy and I really hope he does so and of course the final will be played free to air I mean this is what an opportunity this is for cricket um, to just put itself back centre stage and what an occasion as well for uh, hopefully the 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 the, uh, part time cricket fan or those who don't even know the rules of the sport to suddenly find it on their TV screen um, if they're not listening to Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2 of course and just sit down and and uh, soak up and enjoy uh, the greatest uh, sport that uh, the world has ever created. John, it's mag- it, honestly, it's fantastic. You, there's a lot of talk and being a lot of negative talk about Sky and what they've done with the game and you know, from uh, getting off terrestrial TV since the 2005 Ashes. There was 8.75 million, I think, peaked on Sunday of Edgebass in 2005. I think there was 11 million, 11.5 million watched the Women's World Cup semi-final. I really hope that it just breaks all records watching terrestrial TV and fair play to Sky good on them for doing that because you know they didn't have to and I, and I think it's been a, it's a great gesture so a lot of kids 
a lot of kids around the country will be looking at the likes of Joe Root, Ben Stokes, Jofra Archer, Mark Wood, and thinking, right, I want to be them in 5, 10, 12 years' time when they get to their, hopefully, their adult. And that's what happened when 2005 came along. It was great for the kids to come through, and it'll be great for them to see, hopefully, Owen Morgan lift a trophy. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, you're going to be part and parcel of TalkSport, TalkSport 2's coverage, calling the action on TalkSport 2, part of the weekend sports breakfast uh, team lineup on Sunday, and back with Alan uh, on Monday. Hopefully, Big Sam isn't there. I don't know if he's talking <laughs> to you yet. But, no, uh, I don't think so. I don't think he's either. Mate, have a great one. It's been a great day. It'll be Cheers, uh, John. great to uh, listen to you throughout uh, the TalkSport network over the le- next few days. And and to never miss an episode of Following On, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you on Sunday when either New Zealand or England will have been crowned the 2019 Men's World Cup Champions. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.